Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Woo! Welcome in to the scary edition of the fantasy uh, first down fantasy podcast. Hope everybody had a good Halloween. Saw lots of ghouls and goblins. We uh, welcome in the normal crew of John Van Netten. How's it going? And Eric Mendelson. I wish I was as hype as David. <laughs> Did you guys like my scary, uh, ghostly intro? You're doing anything for clout, David, and I dig it. <laughs> that's, that's what we're about here. We're about uh, that humor, growing the audience, relating to the time of uh, year it is. So, uh, welcome in. We uh, appreciate everybody listening, streaming. Uh, we are attempting to grow this steadily, so every listen helps. Uh, so strap in, get comfortable, turn your podcast up, and uh, be ready to be entertained. So we are starting off this week with, we are going to look at week eight, and each of us are going to give you our three takeaways from the week's games just in total, okay? So we are not looking at each game as we normally do. We are each of us going to summarize three takeaways from week eight as we kind of analyze a little bit more into week nine. So, um, Eric, I'm going to start with you. What are three takeaways you got from week eight of the NFL season? I think the Saints are the best team, and this is coming from a 49ers fan. Uh, obviously, they're undefeated with the Patriots, but Drew Brees comes back, throws for over 370 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Latavius Murray looks good. Michael Thomas looks good. I think you plug anyone in that offense in. And you feel any of the bigger name players, and you feel confident with them. Latavius Murray, RB one uh, with Kamara out. My next takeaway is from the Lions' pass catchers. Carryon Johnson's out for the year. Uh, I think we all thought that Ty Dolla Sign Johnson was going to take over. Trey uh, Trey Carson got the beginning carries, but it seems like a pass heavy offense now. So uh, definitely feel confident playing Galladay and Marvin Jones. And uh, just to, to be a little more confident with the Lions, they looked good in this bounce-back game. And then uh, for the last one, the Packers are looking good. Uh, put up 31 on David's Chiefs. Love to see that. Uh, both Aarons looks good. And uh, it looks like this offense is starting to click. So uh, I might, you know, start watching the Packers, see if, if maybe you can uh, get whoever steps up as the wide receiver, too, on that team. I'm trying to figure out how to mute somebody whenever you talk crap about my team. If only you were around the horn in Tony Reale. Yeah. Um, John, what uh, what about you? What are your three takeaways from this past week's games? I've uh, got a dual one here. Uh, the Browns are still bad, and the Pats D is still good. So a lot of status quo. <laughs> it went exactly how we all thought. 
Um, I do think it, switching gears a little bit, Ryan Tannehill's got the Titans clicking a little bit. Uh, you know, I, it's not the hardest to force Jameis Winston to make some mistakes and win a game, but, you know, definitely looked better than Mariota back there. Offense is finally moving. And then I also have the Bills are actually back. It's out. They play one team and uh, they get whooped. And I don't even know if the Eagles are even that good, but the Bills are apparently that bad despite their good record. So wait, if the Bills beat the Redskins this week, will that change your mind? No, it won't. <laughs> the Bills are still bad. <laughs> well, you know the Redskins have a great culture and a great team, right? I mean, it, there's a lot of, they're all in a good headspace there uh, over in Washington. You know, I've heard their team doctors are very good and confirm or get the diagnosis of whatever the person is having. Yeah, they really don't have a real cancer in that locker room. Mm-mm. <laughs> I like where you're going. Uh, I think we can all agree that the uh, Redskins franchise in general is uh, just a winning franchise at the moment. I mean, uh, I nothing don't wrong with that. Hey, baby. Um, Roll Nats. It's good that we have some good things going on in Washington. Because uh, besides uh, maybe the, the Nationals and Capitals, uh, the Wizards and Redskins aren't looking like they're doing anything anytime soon. But we digress. Um, some takeaways I have. Um, oh, wait, John, you didn't even finish your takeaways. No, I, I got three in there. I'm just more succinct than Eric. That's very true. Um, Ouch. So some takeaways I had was that um, I think you start Christian McCaffrey no matter what. Um, I know the last week's matchup was a little bit scary against a uh, 49ers team that's considered one of the best defenses in the league, yet he still tears them up for over 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown. So I think you plug in CMC. He's matchup proof at this point. Um, I Personally, my other takeaway is after um, kind of going with John talking about Tannehill, um, I think Tannehill's a capable quarterback, but I'm not trusting any Tennessee pass catcher from here on out. I don't think there's any type of consistency you can expect from any of their uh, pass catchers week to week. And um, I also actually uh, think this could be the Miles Sanders uh, time. This could be, um, if anybody remembers the uh, Nick Chubb coming out last year, where he uh, he came in and had over 100 yards um, when Carlos Hyde was hurt, and then they traded Carlos Hyde um that next week. I don't necessarily think Jordan Howard is going to get traded, but I do think that Miles Sanders might have arrived. So if you're able to scoop up Miles Sanders at a discount, which I don't know how much of a discount he's going to be, but if you can, I do think that potentially this could be the start of a big thing. Hey, David, here's a hint. Jordan Howard won't get traded because the deadline passed. Ah, good point. Good point. Unless there's something fluky in the system. Um, and then actually a little bonus one for you. Um, there are three teams in the NFL that have two pass catchers that I've noticed that are week to week becoming starters. And that is the uh, Vikings with Diggs and Thielen, uh, the Seahawks with Lockett and uh, uh, DK Metcalf and Tampa Bay with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So there are actually three fantasy offenses um, that can hold two wide receivers. So you, I think you should Maybe three in Seattle. say again, Maybe three in Seattle with Joshua Gordon. Oh, thanks. John bringing in the uh, the breaking news from actually in the last hour um, that I did want to touch on. So why don't we jump from that point to uh, Josh Gordon being acquired uh, by the Seahawks off of waivers. Um, 
So what do you guys think? Does he have any type of fantasy impact? Um, do you feel that he's a flex at best? Or is he a uh, kind of put on your bench and wait and see what he can do in this offense? Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think Josh Gordon is someone you want to roster. I think his impact will kind of be how it was with the Patriots last year. Play some limited snaps at the beginning. Uh, he passed his physical, obviously want to see how healthy he is. I think he's good for maybe four catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown uh, most weeks. Kind of at that you know, high wide receiver three ranking. Uh, I will say playing with Russell Wilson, he's playing with an accurate passer. And uh, Tyler Lockett is, a, is one of the smaller targets. So I think Josh Gordon kind of gives him that taller uh, uh, wide receiver along with DK Metcalf. So if you're able to get him, I'd say he's worth a roster spot. But I wouldn't expect fantasy glory out of him. John, what are your thoughts? I, I think he could be really good. I mean, the big thing, like Eric said, he's a big receiver. I mean, DK Metcalf, you know, is good in the end zone just because he's so big but maybe if you have somebody who can actually turn a route a little bit it, it, maybe he'll start getting the ball I would keep in mind um, DK Metcalf does lead the NFL in red zone targets um, so yeah. there's, a, there's a stat for you um, but in this run heavy offense in which Russell Wilson's only thrown 35 passes or more three times this season is there enough mouth to feed for three pass catchers well, with Disley out, they're looking for help because somebody's got to catch 35 passes. Yeah, I think Lockett is the consistent one each week. And then uh, you're kind of having a dice roll between Metcalf and Gordon when uh, he's both healthy. I mean, Metcalf had three catches last week. Two were in the end zone. I could see Gordon having a similar type of role or a similar type of stat line. Well, I do think it's going to be interesting. He is already ruled out this week. So you're going to have to wait until week 10 to plug Gordon into your lineups. But we do think that there is some fantasy potential there. So if he's a free agent, I think he's worth a roster spot. It's another week for him to potentially get high and to get suspended again. Yeah. Well, let's. you're looking at the glass half empty. I'm looking at it half full that he can get healthy. So um, keep an eye on that. Um, so before we get into this week's games, we want to go over... We're kind of main, uh, mainstreaming from three up, three down to the more common buy or sell. It just sounds a lot better. So we're, that's this segment is now just going to be buy or sell. Um, so I want each of you guys to give me three guys you're buying and three guys you're selling uh, after week eight. So, uh, John, I'll start with you. Who are your three buys? It's a little different than three up, three down because I was going to say uh, Kenyon Drake is on the up, but I actually sell him right now. Uh, just because a heck of a game, you can try and get somebody to the bite. I mean, maybe the Dolphins are that bad, but, you know, kind of crazy that somebody like that can be on the bench of such a bad team and not do anything and then have a breakout performance with a new team and, and keep that up. And then I'm also, again, sell-wise, uh, I'm, I'm as bearish as I was on Joe Mixon all the time. Uh, I'm even more bearish. I don't like a, a quarterback. Uh, going in there uh, they may try and run the ball more but it may just make him more one uh, which can make him even worse than he already is and then I'm also uh, going to sell uh, J- Jacoby that I'm I think you sell high on him now you, you take your gains 
I, he's been really consistent, but at some point, you know, he's going to be playing some good defenses in the cold here. And I, I think he starts to come down to earth a bit. Uh, well, on that, well, trashing, but just trashing well, on that my point, man. Do you, is anybody really paying up for Jacoby Brissett? You think like, is any, if, I so would. If, if I was like auctioning off Jacoby Brissett, I'm going to get buyers. I think so. I mean, he's, he's, He's been so consistent; it's hard to turn it, turn it down. But I think some point, I think QB is deep, so you won't get what you want. But I personally would pay for Jacoby Brissett. One thing to keep in mind is Ty Hilton's been ruled out for at least the next three games. Um, so without Ty Hilton, does this team start going into more of a run heavy, even more run heavy than they were before? Um, with him losing his number one target, his number one wide receiver is Zach Pascal. So. Um, I, I'm actually with John on selling him. Again, I don't know how much value you're going to get for him, but um, if you lose T.Y. Hilton, that's obviously probably going to take a hit to Jacoby Brissett. Um, so since John switched up the segment, Eric, who are your <laughs> who are your three sellers? Uh, I'm going to sell Jamal Williams. Uh, he's someone that I think has little standalone value. I don't think you start him consistently on a week-to-week basis, maybe with the buys you do. And I think you try to trade him to an Aaron Jones owner. I know a lot of people that have Aaron Jones also play Jamal Williams and might play both because you're banking on at least one to do well. And like the game against the Chiefs last week, the running backs got all of the uh, uh, touchdowns besides one, I believe. So I would sell Jamal Williams. I would also sell Hunter Henry. Uh, He's very injury-prone. He's had a couple good games, so I think that buys his stock up. But tight end is shallow, so maybe somebody will pay up for him that's desperate to position. And with Ken Wisenhunt, I think they're going to have a little more of a conservative and a run-heavy approach. So I think Hunter Henry's still a top-12 tight end, but I don't think he's going to have monster games anymore. So if you could sell him, I would. And then my last sell is Le'Veon Bell. And I know people have touched on this in prior episodes, he has more single-digit fantasy games this year, four, than he has double-digit games, three. He had 12 touches last week, which was a season low. I think Adam Gase is someone that doesn't really care who you are or the contract that was handed out. He seems very stubborn in picking the players that he wants. And just how we've talked about how good a culture the skins are, I just feel like the Jets culture is so good that he just can't produce that you know, they, they don't just don't want him to do well. I agree with all your uh, sells, Eric. It's a very good list. Uh, my three are Jordan Howard. I think, as I was talking about with Miles, the rise of Miles Sanders, I think his role is going to decrease each week. So if you're able to get some value for him now, I would get rid of him. Um, David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery had, his had obviously, his best week of the season this past week. So if you are able to trade him now, I don't see his value being much higher at the moment than it is. And I actually wrote this down before the game last night that we'll get into. Um, but I have Tevin Coleman on here as well. He just came off a, a four-touchdown performance the previous week and looked like a top 10 back. And I don't believe that that's where his value is the rest of the season, especially with four uh, running backs in that backfield. So I think that that also is going to be Tevin Coleman's peak value. Um, Eric, especially as a Niners fan, I'm sure you can judge how frustrating it is to have running backs on that team, on your fantasy team. Yeah, you don't feel good about starting any of them. Maybe Brita in a PPR league, but I think you touched on it. Like, 
that's Coleman's value, or that was his highest it will be. Uh, but Jeff Wilson got a goal line carry uh, yesterday. We used Mostert a little bit. Kyle Juszczyk is coming back. So I definitely agree with you on selling Tevin Coleman. All right, so we move from our uh, get-out-of-here players to our come-to-daddy players. Our, uh, we're buying them. So, uh, Eric, who are your three buys? So I'm buying Matthew Stafford, and he's not a, a sexy name. But with carry on out, I think they're going to throw the ball more. He's already QB9 on the year, so uh, he's a, a top QB. He has double digits in every single game, so there's some consistency there. And he has four 20-plus games, and I just see him, you know, slinging the ball more. I think you're going to get some interceptions with him. But I think uh, that he's going to be a good option the rest of the year that maybe you could get uh, for a little bit cheaper. My next is, uh, we talked about him earlier, but DK Metcalf, and that was my DFS big play last week. Uh, he had two touchdowns last week. As David also mentioned, he has the most red zone targets. And even with Josh Gordon coming, he's not playing this week. He'll probably be on a limited snap count the following week. I think he still has some value. He plays with an efficient quarterback. Russell Wilson only has one interception this year, and he's a very accurate passer. So I think that's that's the other side of the equation when looking at a wide receiver is who's throwing them the ball. My last one is Michael Gallup. He has three catches in every game that he's played. Uh, he's obviously missed two with injury, and he only has one touchdown, and I think that's bound to change. I think that's, that's kind of an unlucky uh, number for how many times he's been targeted and uh, for how many catches he has. Um, kind of a, a lower name under the radar, but, you know, has some sneaky production. Nice list there. And, um, John, who are your three come-to-daddy-buy players? Well, like I say, every Sunday I get one homer pick. Derek Carr, come-to-daddy. <laughs> every week I get higher and higher on Derek Carr. Uh, some weeks he do- doesn't pay off, but I really do think they've gotten through the the tough part of their schedule, it's going to get a lot easier. And he looked pretty good uh, last week with the full receiving core in. And it can only get better with uh, Mao Zay Jones getting a little bit more time. Don't let him get hot. Don't let Zay Jones get hot. I uh, Also, uh, against the conventional wisdom, a buy of Melvin Gordon. I think you can get him for almost nothing. And then all he do is get into better and better shape. And next thing you know, you've got yourself, you know, a top, top 15 fantasy back for, for pennies on the dollar. And then I do have uh, one last one, uh, Le'Veon Bell, just purely based on his schedule coming up. I mean, it's Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders. That's going to be a tough one. Bengals and then the Dolphins again. I like, that's just, wow. You just got to look at that schedule coming up and say that that's beast worthy. It's funny, we have a little conflicting views here. Eric has a sell on Le'Veon Bell, John has a buy. So we can find out which fantasy analyst you should trust going on from here on. Watch him get hurt, and then we will never know if we were right. Well, I I wouldn't put it past you to claim you were right on something fluky like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. So, John, if I go to our, uh, in our fantasy league together, if I were to go to the free agent, Derek Carr free agent... I don't. Uh, he's on my team. I'm starting him actually against the Lions. Darius Slay's uh, hobble, so uh, Lions have been giving up chunks of yards. I'm actually starting him. Okay, that's right. That's how to back up your uh, your analysis there. That's what I like. Um, 
Okay, so my three buys, I think talking about someone pennies on the dollar, I think Zach Ertz, um, his value is probably as low as it's going to get at this point. So if you're able to get Zach Ertz for even half of the value, he probably would be. I would get it hoping he's going to kind of regress a little bit more towards the mean. Uh, he has, I believe, only two touchdowns on the year. Um, so that is probably going to go up, maybe not to double digits, but you can maybe expect five five or six more touchdowns the rest of the year if things kind of balance out. Um, another one I would buy low on is Odell Beckham. If you take his numbers right now, which would, I, would you guys would agree that he's probably underperformed so far this year? Oh, yeah. Yes. So right now, as it stands, he's on pace for 78 catches for 1,115 yards. So that's How a pretty touchdowns, though? He's only has two touchdowns. So if you look at those numbers, and that's, again, on pace for his current, what he's on pace for currently. So if he upticks at all, he's probably going to get closer to 100 catches, probably closer to 12 to 1,300 yards. And, again, those touchdowns are probably going to balance out a little bit. So maybe he gets five to seven. Um, again, he also – there was a stat I read that he is the 58th most targeted wide receiver in the NFL. So you figure that target share increases a little bit. I think he's, again, another big name that someone might be frustrated with. And if you offer a decent enough trade, they probably sell. Um, and the third one I'm going to say is A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green, again, um, I, I think one of the reasons you can get him so low is they just switched to Ryan Finley as their quarterback. And so with a rookie quarterback, rookie fourth-round quarterback on a team that hasn't won a game, I think and he, the fact that A.J. Green is going to be out for 10 games, I think you might be able to get him for a decent offer. Um, so he could come back and, and be one of those uh, fantasy heroes for your team. So if you can get him cheap, I think um, he has the potential to be a uh, low-end number one, high-end number two wide receiver. Um, just kind of see where uh, your, the owner is with him in your league. Um, but yeah, that's our buy or sell. So hopefully uh, if any of those guys are available, we'll try to go and trade for them or try and sell them. Uh, we are going to now look over these week's games. Um and so we start out with the uh, first game on our slate. We have the uh, the Washington Redskins and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, well, actually, let's touch on the Thursday night game first because that game did just happen. The uh, San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. The Niners won a three-point game, actually a very close game. So uh, I'll ask both you guys. So, Eric, from the Niners side of things, what were your thoughts from this uh, this game? You know, a lot of people have been down on Jimmy Garoppolo this year, especially Jason Frazier. Shout out if you're uh, listening to this, calling him a system quarterback. But I think it, the 49ers have been consistent in running the ball and playing good defense. And we needed a little bit of a different game yesterday. And I think Garoppolo has shown what showed what he can do, not necessarily what the team needs him to do. Uh, our running game wasn't very as a, wasn't as efficient as it's been. You touched on Tevin Coleman had a down night, so uh, just kind of the the, the 49ers offense can can kind of take a different dimension. Uh, for me, it was a good game because the Cardinals had beat us eight times in a row. So feel good as a as a fan coming away on a short week. And John from the Arizona side, is there anybody that um, you're impressed with? I mean. Uh... How can you not be impressed with Kenyon Drake's first game? 
uh, with him. But at the same time, that's why I said you, you might be able to try and sell him uh, for some decent value. I mean, Larry Gerald's been underperforming. It looks like age is finally catching up with him a little bit. I was high going on to Christian Kirk into this game, but uh, thank God we didn't record this before because we had two catches. So <laughs> there's uh, not a lot of positivity going on, but I still think Christian Kirk uh, might be able to try and be a, a low-end wide receiver too or a low-end flex moving forward. Is Christian Kirk startable in a non-PPR league? Not in was a little bit uh, more, I think. I would say a flex. So you guys would both play him in a – I think PPR is, is definitely a yes. But in a non-PPR league, you think he is? Yeah. I mean, the team put up 25 points against the Niners defense, which has been the second best. You know, obviously Kenyon Drake had a, had a big game. Um, but the offense overall didn't look bad. I think it's just going to different, – different people are going to eat each week. So – um, you know they're they're three five and one. They're not they're not terrible, and they you know they started out kind of you know eh, and they've they've been picking it up. So um, yeah, so I guess kind of what we take away from here: Kenyon Drake, good; Christian Kirk, eh; rest of the uh, Arizona Cardinals, bleh. <laughs> so you okay, like, David? You guys like that analysis? I I do like. Kyler Murray just on the strength of uh, I love running quarterbacks just because they, they can get you 40 yards on any week and that's that's four easy points right there. All right. Well, let's touch on the game in London. And for this game, I want to, uh, for at least for, um, it's kind of fits the Halloween theme. I'm going to guys tell you guys a player in each of these games. And I want you guys to tell me if they're a trick or if they're a treat. Okay, so tell me, is this player potentially someone that's a treat and that's someone you should want in your lineup? Or is it a trick and maybe they look good now, but they're going to taper off? Okay. All right. So we start with the, uh, again, Texans and Jags in London. Is Gardner Minshew a trick or a treat, Eric? I'm going to say he's a, he's a treat. He has double-digit fantasy games. I think 16 or more in all but one game this year. Uh, the Texans just lost J.J. Watt, so their pass rush won't be as good. Uh, it's tough because division games are hard to tell, and London games are especially tough. But I feel good about Minshew this week. Maybe not as a top-10 play, but um, if your QB is on a bye, I know uh, there's quite a amount of teams uh, that have them this week. I would say play him. John, Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills, I am selling, or no, treat. He's a he's a trick. No, I, I messed it up. <laughs> no, What's your final answer? answer? He's everything. Trick. He's a trick. <laughs> he's on the corner. He's turning tricks. Uh, I don't really have uh, much confidence in him. And I do think even without, uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey, that the Jags D still is, you know, fairly decent. And it's not necessarily somebody I'd jump on starting. Okay, I think Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, these guys are all definitely treats. Someone you want, someone like chocolate, someone that you're gonna want to eat a ton of. So, uh, I don't think those guys are. <laughs> are we not doing phrasing anymore, David? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know where that was gonna go. Um, 
but I will ask you guys, what about um, D.D. Westbrook? I don't feel confident. I think if you're going to start a Jags receiver, you're going to start D.J. Chark. So you'd say he's a trick? Yeah. Stick with the lingo, Eric. Don't, don't go off tracks here. Um, okay. Let's look at the next game, the Redskins and the Bills in Buffalo. The uh, Buffalo Bills have a suffocating defense. The Redskins are starting Dwayne Haskins, con- uh, confirmed. Um, so I don't think the question is if you're starting the Buffalo defense, because if you have them, uh, I'm very jealous. But um, in this game, is Terry McLaurin a trick or a treat? John, what do you think? I think he's also a trick. I think you uh, summed it up uh, pretty nicely there. I got Dwayne Haskins throwing him the ball, and he Buffalo Bills defending him. So uh, for a rookie receiver, that that's a pretty tough recipe, especially in Buffalo. Tredavious White is a very underrated corner, I think top 10 in the league. Um, so I think that's very safe to probably stay away from him. Uh, Eric, is Devin Singletary a trick or treat? He's a trick to me. Uh, they have... Uh, you know, kind of a three-headed backfield with Frank Gore, Singletary, and Josh Allen when he runs the ball. Uh, he's still getting worked back from that hamstring injury, so I think he's a trick. All right, and then the other one in this game, uh, Adrian Peterson, who will be starting at running back for at least one more week before uh, Darius Geis returns. John, is Adrian Peterson a trick or treat in this matchup? He's, he's a trick there, too. I mean, I said it earlier about... Uh, Jim, the Bengals starting a rookie quarterback can make you one-dimensional sometimes and against a good defense it's harder to do uh, especially so I think there's not a lot of coming out of Washington except for maybe uh, Rendon and Trey Turner if only they played football they might have a winning team I don't want to see Trey Turner get hit by anybody that <laughs> did, did you guys see his <laughs> finger in the post-game interview yeah, he can't bend it the entire way. That's crazy. They said it could be like that permanently, too, because he didn't let it heal. Tough. Um, so we're going to take a break from analyzing the games really quick because Jay Van E is leaving us at 630 um, before the podcast is over. So I want to get to our random question of the day before that. So uh, our random question of the day this week is brought to you by what, John? It's sponsored by Sephora. Uh, they just got a brand new sponsor in Antonio Brown's clown makeup. So they've been doing a lot of branding on that. So buy Sephora today. All right. And our question this week is, which player, if you saw them on the street, is the most recognizable and unrecognizable player? So, John, again, before you uh, depart our lovely podcast, who is your most recognizable and unrecognizable player? My uh, most recognizable is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, look at that face. I mean, you saw him in the interview uh, last night, so smooth. You know, he's got great hair, great skin. I mean, how can you not recognize him? And who's your unrecognizable? My uh, least recognizable player is anybody who plays left guard. You know, <laughs> centers, you know, maybe, maybe, but anybody who plays left guard, no idea. I can't even name one right now. You can't even name the left guard for the Raiders. I think it, I think that one's actually incognito, so that's a, he's pretty recognizable. So that's <laughs> oh wow, you have a bowler on your team. <laughs> is, is Gabe Gross a lineman for the Raiders? Gabe Gross, Dave, that was a baseball player. Was that really okay? I don't know why that name just popped in. Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson. I knew it was a Gabe something. 
<laughs> Gabe Cat Gabe Gross is the one that refused to sign an. That's why his name is haunting my brain. Yeah. So yeah. So Richie Incognito. So maybe a bad example of that. Pretty recognizable guy too. Uh, if you ever see him at a funeral parlor, you're clear. All right, Eric. And who is your uh, unrecognizable, recognizable, unrecognizable? So I'd say probably the person I would recognize the most is Darren Sproles because he's my height. I feel like I could look him in the eye and say like, oh, wow, this guy's super jacked. And I've had you on my fantasy team throughout the year. So I know what you look like based on that. Uh, Most other players, I'm probably looking up a little bit. And my unrecognizable, I feel like Kyle Allen. I feel like there's nothing distinguishable about Kyle Allen that he kind of looks like a a frat bro. Like you could just throw him into like any neighborhood and I wouldn't know that he's a quarterback. I don't know. I'm with, I'm with John though on left guards, but I didn't want to take (laughs) my specific left guard. All right. So you guys ready for this? I definitely win this game. So my recognizable player, I can't, either of you guys didn't say this, Tom Brady. Every, well, that's yeah, obvious. Is, that's what I'm saying. Everybody, my girlfriend who's next to me knows who the Tom Brady looks like. Tom Brady, even if you don't yeah. watch football, you know what Tom Brady looks like. I knew what you were going to answer. That's why I chose. Ah, this is, that's good podcasting right there. That's knowing that's knowing what I'm going to say. Um, all right, you guys ready for my unrecognizable player? I would like you guys to go on your computers, and I would like you to type in David Lee David Lee Quinn the third, otherwise known as Trey Quinn the third. David Lee, the ex Knicks great. David, Mr. David Lee Quinn the third, otherwise known as Trey Quinn the third. The slot receiver for the Washington Redskins. I'd like you to look at his picture. Um, I I googled David Lee Quinn. I didn't do the full thing, and there's a uh, an old man. With a goatee and glasses. <laughs> this might not be the... I don't think it's the same player. I've been Trey yeah. Quinn. It, there's, a, there's a David Lee Quinn on the Nebraska Sex Offender Registry, so... Wait, I, 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 could, rec- I could recognize Trey Quinn if he did a funny first down dance. Trey That's Quinn is one of the most unathletic-looking players that's ever played in the NFL. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you guys are looking at, but that David Lee Quinn... Uh, I was, I'm glad he goes by Trey because there was not a lot of good stuff on those search results. Maybe maybe that's why he changed his name to Trey because if it sounds like this David Lee Quinn guy is not a good guy. Oh what? my god! I've seen this John, guy. You're, you're not kidding. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I didn't make it up. <laughs> the Nebraska Sex Offender Registry. Yeah, so don't look up David Lee Quinn. Or maybe do if you're ever going to Nebraska for safety's sake. Oh my god. So, if you take anything... I understand why he goes by Trey. (laughs) If you take anything away from this podcast, do not ever get involved with David Lee Quinn. Don't ever visit Nebraska. Well, on that note, we thank John uh, for being here. John's got to depart a little bit early today. Um, But, John, uh, we'll miss you. And do you want anything to say to the listeners before you leave? I need to say to every listener, if you ever find yourself... Uh, in a dance circle at a wedding, always do the stanky leg. Uh, old white people love it. They they think you discovered some sort of fire or, or some sort of bread that's sliced up. You know, it's it it's boggling to them. So it'll make you it, it it is hashtag wedding season. John, I didn't know you knew how to do the stanky leg. 
I, I do it fairly well, Davey. Oh, maybe a performance in person next time? <laughs> Only for you. Private, uh, private show. That's what I like okay. to hear. All right, John, we'll see you next week, buddy. I think I can sneak in a game of a family feud if we were doing a game and edit that at the end. I don't know how you edit this. Uh, I don't know either. We can do family feud before the rest of our games. <laughs> All right, well, that be, this, we're going to adjust on the fly here. So we'll hop into our family feud, and then Eric and I will finish up our games, finish out the podcast. Do you guys ready? Yep. Right. So I upgraded a little bit this week, and I actually have a buzzer. <laughs> so if you get it wrong, we have an official buzzer. Um, our first category is going to be, this is a running back heavy themed game. Carries by running back this season. Eric. All right, Eric. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is number one at 163 attempts this season. Do you want to play or pass? Let me play this right, time. Eric. You have two through five on the board. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is fifth at 141 carries. Two, three, and four left. Oh, so this is only yes, top, just five. top five. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is not on the list. So you know what you get? I'm that waiting. was the worst buzzer I've ever heard. Wow, David David hyped this right, up. Let me try again. Did you not did you not test it before you started hyping it up? Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More, that was more distant. That is not a good buzzer. Okay, I'll take a different one while we play. Okay, Eric, so that's the first one wrong. Pick again. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is not on the list. So you know what you get? Wow. All right. What's your third and final guess? My third and final guess. Marlon Mack. Oof. All right. Actually, and I need to apologize because Dalvin Cook is actually third on the list at 150. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so the other two were wrong. So you do you're missing two and four, and you have one more guess. Can we get a new host? <laughs> That's my beat. I was too obsessed with finding the right buzzer. Um, Nick Chubb. <laughs> Woo! All right, John, you can steal. We're missing the number two and the number four. Running back attempts. I'm going to go with my uh, my uh, workhorse that I uh, traded for a couple weeks ago, Christopher Carson. Carson Daly. Christopher Carson. Damn, that's good. You got it. Carson you got is it. The number two ranked running back, 159 carries. John takes the category. That's gonna... that's my uh, first first of the uh, podcast seasons. So. <laughs> I think you played all the games too, right? <laughs> Actually, no. I think I I think I stole one from Kevin on, on tight ends or something. Okay. Okay, so now we're, we're not going to sell you short there. <laughs> all right, next category. This one's going to be a little tough, all right? We're looking at yards per carry, minimum 50 attempts. Ooh. 50 attempts is not a lot. <laughs> How many answers? There are top five answers on the board. Eric. Go ahead. Matt Breida. Matt Breida is the number three running back in yards per carry at 5.3 yards per carry. John, you have a chance to uh, overtake him if you can name the one or the two. Joshua Jacobs. He is not on the list. Oof. So, Eric, do you want to play or pass? 
I'm passing. This one's tough. 50, I, I, I'm just curious. It's going to be some random running back who has 51 carries, I bet. 50 carries. I, when I looked at the list, all the running backs that have 50 carries, for the most part, you definitely have heard of. Okay. Um, there is maybe a name or two on here. You might be surprised, but they're not complete randoms. Um, let's go uh, Christopher Carson. <laughs> All right. What's your second guess? Uh, my second guess, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is tied with LaShawn McCoy at the number five spot with 5.2 yards a carry. Oh, you, you should have let me keep guessing the tie for fifth spot like last week. In <laughs> dress. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have said LaShawn McCoy. Um, who's left? How many are left? We have the one, the two, and the four. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, how about the young Saquon Barkley? He probably has 50. All right, Eric. The 3X is your chance to steal the one, two, or four. Austin Eckler. Ooh, I like that. All right. Is that your final answer? Yes. Ooh. You know what that means? John is winning. John is our winner. <laughs> Of the first down fantasy family feud. And, and oh man, think about it. Uh, he they pulled up the upset. Um, since it's family feud, it you know makes sense for the Mendelssohns to go against each other next week. I think we might have to make that happen, John. You might have to host the next edition. <laughs> I'll find a good buzzer. Uh, <laughs> so you guys missed Raheem Moster at five point seven. Number one. I haven't heard of him. You were wrong, David. <laughs> uh, da- uh, Nick Chubb, number two at five point five. And Dalvin Cook at number four is 5.3. Oh, Dalvinio. Can't believe I forgot about him. Wow, I feel I feel a shame that I didn't get a 49ers. But to be honest, I didn't think Raheem Mostert had 50 carries. Raheem Mostert had 51 carries. He just qualified. Oh, Dave, that's exactly what I said was going to happen. <laughs> One carries who I've never heard of. See, I can't, I can't give it all away to you guys. I have to have you play the game. See, like, that, that's what a good host do, see? <laughs> Um, well, John, that's the way to go out for sure. Nice job taking this week's of uh, first down fantasy family feud. Thank you, thank you. Um, we will see you next week, buddy. Yes, and, you uh, will. Hopefully, maybe see you this weekend out for a drink or two. Ooh, a couple, a uh, couple Bud Diesels, maybe. I need my fuel. Ah, uh, I'm all about it, my man. Catch ya. All right, catch you later, my man. Bye. Bye, John. All right, so Eric and I are going to finish up the podcast. We are going to quickly analyze the uh, rest of this week's games, and we're going to talk a little DFS before we uh, we get out of here. So, um, Eric, we look at the first game um, outside of the uh, the I believe we left off at the Reds uh, after. Yeah, so we're looking at Tennessee and Carolina. Um, Eric, anybody besides Run CMC that you're confident in starting? Uh, I would actually say DJ Moore. Uh, he had five completions against or five catches against the Niners last week. Uh, only the second person this season to do that. Uh, he is Kyle Allen's favorite target outside of CMC. So I think that you feel better uh, about starting him if you don't have any other options on the bye week. And as you touched on earlier, um, the Tennessee pass catchers have improved under Tannehill. Maybe Johnny Smith is a sleeper. 
Uh, I still don't know if you feel confident starting them all yet, but uh, I think upside for both teams. Yeah, again, as I said before, I'm a little wary of the Tennessee pass catchers. Johnny Smith might be a good DFS play, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Um, but I don't think if you have a Tennessee player, maybe outside Derrick Henry, uh, I think you're kind of throwing a dart, just kind of eyes closed, hope, plug them in your lineup, hope they do something. I don't think you can trust them. Um, Eric, if you have Greg Olson, are you playing him this week? Nope. Right. I think, again, that's a kind of a wary play. Uh, the Minnesota... Couple, couple more weeks, and it's going to be Ian Thomas Ooh, season. He's the, he's the special tight end at the end of the year that will give you a couple games out of nowhere um, that might win you a fantasy playoff game. So keep an eye on that. Uh, we look at the my Chiefs hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Dalvin Cook will eat this game. I think Dalvin Cook, uh, the Chiefs are the 29th ranked team against the run. And um, they, uh, I believe Dalvin Cook are, will literally probably run for 100 yards and a touchdown. I think that's his floor in this game. David, is Alexander Madison, do you, do you like him in DFS this week? I mean, it seems like Chiefs, Chiefs run defense is bad. And, you know, he, he gets a fair amount of carries. For he does. Uh, the only thing I'm a little scared of is I think even though Matt Moore is not Patrick Mahomes, I think that the Chiefs offense is going to still be effective to where Madison is definitely going to come in a little bit. But I, I think it's going to be a game that's still going to focus on the main players of Diggs, uh, Thielen plays, Thielen, and um, uh, Dalvin Cook. I, I think Alexander Madison is a contrarian play if you're in a tournament to try to uh, get points somewhere else. But I, I would trust him in a cash game. Um, so you put, start your Vikings. Um, Eric, are you downgrading Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, or are you playing them with very confidence? So without more time? Yeah, I'm downgrading them a little bit. You're obviously playing Kelsey. You spent an early pick on him, and he's still a top 12 at the position. Same with Tyreek Hill. The thing about him is he needs one play uh, to be fantasy relevant, and uh, it can be a short pass, and he just uses his speed. So you do downgrade them, but I think they're both better starting options than probably um, you know someone uh, that you'd else you'd have on your team. All right, we look at the next game, the New York Jets at Miami Dolphins. Um, two battles of two very poor teams. Um, I do believe this game could be very high scoring, though, uh, as both defenses are pretty garbage. Um, Eric, who's your favorite play in this game? Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic is not afraid to sling the ball. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell is probably a safer play, but uh, I am I am a fan of people that sling the ball. Yeah, I think he's a um, he's definitely a sneaky option to play this week. Um, I'm a big Robbie Anderson guy. I think when Darnold's in there, I think uh, Robbie Anderson continues to do well. Um, Robbie Anderson actually uh, is one of the highest. I don't have it right in front of me, but he's one of the highest um, uh, yards per uh, catch person. He uh, will actually uh, always be in the top five, usually at 15 plus yards to catch. Um, and his air yard target uh, share is also very high. Xavier uh, Howard's out as well, so that is a good um, play. I think he's a sneaky play that um, he needs just one big play. And with Dolphins, which historically this season have not stopped any wide receivers, um, especially with Xavier Howard out, I think he's a great play. Um, We look at the Bears and Philly. Uh, This is an interesting game. Uh, Eric, how do you feel um, about the players on Philly? Is there anybody that sticks out to you this week? 
I, I think you touched on it. I think Miles Sanders is, is really starting to uh, kind of show his worth in the NFL. Uh, he's been a really good pass catching back in addition to rushing. I think with Jordan Howard, you know what you're going to get. Uh, probably a few good games a year, a good uh, down-the-hill runner. But Philly is based on having a lot of people um, – you know, that can do a variety of things, having a Deshaun Jackson stretching the field and Ertz in the middle. Alshon's a big target. So I would say keep an eye out on uh, on Miles Sanders. Yeah. Uh, again, I think his value is going to start going up from here on out. The one thing I will make a note on the Bears, I think you're starting Allen Robinson. Um, and you're probably starting David Montgomery if you have him, especially after last week. Maybe Tariqo in well, the thank, thank you for reading my mind, but that's actually where I was going to go. Montgomery, the Philadelphia Eagles have the fourth best run defense in the NFL. But and in games that they're losing, which is very possible against Philly, who's a good team, Tariq Cohen sees the field a lot more and might get a lot of catches. Um, Philadelphia does not do well against uh, pass-catching running backs. So that could be a sneaky play this week. And they play Montgomery and Cohen at the same time. They'll line, they'll line Cohen up in the slot. So even if they aren't winning, they still might put him out there. We look at the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Indianapolis Colts in a game between um, two teams that we kind of are a little unsure of. Uh, the Steelers have won a couple in a row, and uh, I'm not sure what to make of their backfield at the moment. Um, is Jalen Samuels the only healthy running back outside uh, Edmonds? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Connor's probably going to be ruled out this week. Benny Snell has been ruled out. So not a not a lot of health in that backfield. Maybe a heavy Mason Rudolph game. Uh, I guess if you, I mean Juju had five for over a hundred last week and a touchdown. So you know I, I think better fantasy days are ahead for Juju. And you know this might be one uh, at home against a Colts team that has been struggling against the pass a little bit. All right, and I think from the uh, I think you're, is Jalen Samuels a top ten play for you? No, top fifteen. No, because he's coming back from injury. I think with Jalen Samuels, you're banking that he gets a touchdown, but I think to expect a lot of yardage right away, um, you know, you're being a little optimistic. You want to make a $5 bet that he's a top 15 running back this week? Um, let's do this off there. I need to do a little <laughs> more research. I'm very confident he's a top 15 play this week. We can update our followers if we actually did Notice who's the one that's confident before. Um from the Colts side with T.Y. out, you're probably starting Marlon Mack, Kobe Brissett. Um, but pass catchers, I think, are, again, a dart throw, kind of like the Titans. Um, so I would play them just with caution. Uh, we're going to run through these last few games here. We have uh, these last six to get through here. The Detroit-Oakland game, I think, is going to potentially be the highest-scoring game of the week. Um, every Lion, besides a running back, I think they're playing. And every Oakland player, I think, you're playing, Eric. Is that correct? Yeah, I I wouldn't feel any confidence out of any Oakland pass catcher besides Waller and Tyrell Williams. I know John Tyon, Mousey Jones, but uh, I wouldn't start him yet. But I agree, I do think it is going to be a high-scoring game. All right, so just plug and play. Um, I think same thing in this next game, Tampa Bay and Seattle. Godwin and Evans are must-starts. Jameis Winston might be a question mark. Um, Eric, would you feel confident playing Jameis? Yeah, so it's funny when you brought this point up earlier. Uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both top five wide receivers this year. 
David, can you guess what number QB Jameis is ranked? I'm going to say he's the 10th. He's the 18th. Oh, wow. So I think you feel confident starting the pass catchers, maybe not the quarterback. Jameis can have a fluke three or four touchdown game, though. But in Seattle, I just don't see that. Um, so I'd say you start the pass catchers. And then anyone on Seattle's side, I'd say Wilson, Carson, uh, Metcalf, or Lockett. You know, you're starting without hesitation. I think you're definitely starting all those guys. The one thing I would take note is that Tampa Bay has a top five run defense. So Carson, maybe you're banking on a touchdown. I, I don't anticipate his yards per carry to be very efficient. Um, obviously, if you have Carson, you're definitely playing him. But I think I would just tamper your expectations for him. And no Tampa Bay running back, correct? All right. Nope. Cleveland and Denver. Uh, I think it's going to be a heavy Nick Chubb game. Uh, Denver has the number one pink ranked pass defense. Eric, if you have Odell Beckham, are you playing him? Yeah, you play him. And kind of like the Patriots last week, I said with Odell, I'd imagine under 60 yards. I think he has a little bit of a better day because uh, Chris Harris is no Stephon Gilmore. I think with Odell, you're going to look at maybe six for 84 and maybe a touchdown. Uh, so still not that big game, but I do think it is better for him. I do think that in this game, they are going to emphasize Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is the heart and soul of that team. Denver's run defense is in the top uh, 10 worst in the NFL. So uh, I would not be surprised to see a heavy Nick Chubb game. Also, I keep an eye on Jarvis Landry with all the focus on Odell with Chris Harris. That Jarvis Landry, I don't even know who the number two corner is for Denver. If Kevin was here, I think he'd be able to tell us, but I'm, I'm sure he would say he's ass. So um, Jarvis Landry could also eat on this game. Um, the over-under is 39 for this game, so it doesn't seem like there is Vegas is uh, predicting that there's going to be a lot of points put up. Uh, that, that, that might be worth a bet. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think either defense is particularly great. Um, and it's a matchup of two uh, teams well under 500. So um, we will see. Um, Eric, is there anybody uh, on the Denver side? How do you confident do you feel in their running backs? And what about Portland Sutton? I would probably start their running backs uh, as a wide res- or as a running back to or flex. I have Cortland Sutton, and I do want to give him a shot. I don't want to bench him just because of the QB change. It's not like Flacco is elite. Um, I don't feel good about it, but he already has 630 yards on the ground, and he's going to get a lot of target share. So, you know, hopefully, you're just banking that. He, he can do something with all, everything he's I think get. it comes down to where you probably don't have very many options if you're in uh, a normal size or a little deeper league. So you kind of got to play them, just hope they get a touchdown. Um, Green Bay and the Chargers. Uh, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, you're playing him. You're playing the Green Bay running backs. Um, I think that Eric will probably agree that the wide receivers you might play, but you don't expect much. I think it's kind of you hope for that long touchdown. Am I accurate with that? Yeah, and and Alan Lazard is a name to keep uh, on your radar if Devontae Adams is out again. He's led the Packers in routes run the past couple weeks. So uh, with Aaron Rodgers, all you can ask is, is for opportunity. And uh, Rodgers is the one that wanted to play that wanted him to play a few weeks ago. I'm going to go on a limit. I'm going to say Chargers are going to pull this upset. Well, the Chargers are kind of just a mess right now. Um, Philip Rivers, he could be a good play this week. The Packers' pass defense has been pretty bad the last few weeks. Matt Moore just threw two touchdowns on him. Um, I think we always are going to stay confused about that backfield. I think 
you have both the running backs you're playing them but not with a lot of confidence um and i mike williams i think is probably one of the most frustrating players to own in fantasy um you're probably playing him based off necessity and keenan allen who's hurt you're gonna plug him in but that whole chargers team is just a mess um but again you're probably playing those guys um real quick our last two games sunday night new england and baltimore um I think on the Baltimore side, Lamar, you're firing him up. Mark Ingram, you're firing him up. Uh, any pass catcher on the Ravens you're interested in, Eric? Mark Andrews, because tight end is a shallow position. I personally think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I feel like a lot of the Patriots-Ravens games are. So you're going to start your big-name players, but I think they're, this is probably going to be one of the, the worst weeks they have when we look when the season's over of maybe Lamar Jackson has 10 or 11 points this game. Interesting you bring that up. I see this as a game where the Patriots take away your best option and Mark Andrews would be their best option. But I think what they're going to try to do is something similar to what the Chargers did last year in the playoffs is put a lot more DBs in and force Lamar Jackson to throw. And this is going to be a real test to see how accurate he can be in the pocket and not let him run. So I am very excited to see Bill Belichick and his defense against Lamar Jackson. Um, the New England players, from their side, you're probably starting Tom Brady. You're starting the running backs for New England. Um, and probably Edelman. I think everybody else is kind of just a flex at best option. Dorsett, Mohamed Sanu, um, dart throw guys you hope get a touchdown. Um, and our last game, real quick, the uh, Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants. Eric, is there anybody outside of Prescott, Elliott, and Cooper you feel confident playing? Maybe Gallup? Uh, Zeke. Did I not say Zeke? I don't think so. How'd you forget it? Your own dog. Uh, for those that don't know, my dog's name is Zeke, but I didn't name him after the uh, weirdo Zeke Elliott. Um, I, I was saying, besides Prescott, Zeke, and Amari Cooper, is Gallup the only one you're confident playing on that team? Yeah, uh, maybe you start their defense because they they you know could potentially get uh, an interception or two from Daniel Jones. But I mean that's four people right there. So division games are, are sometimes close. Uh, I need to see something more proven from someone on Dallas outside those four people before I would start anyone confidently. And for the Giants side, Shepard's still out. Um, so is it just Ingram and Barkley? Well, they said Shepard might play this week. I would play Golden Tate, especially in a PPR league. And Darius Slayton has looked good, too. Um, you won't play Darius Slayton in your lineup. Uh, in which league? I'm in five. Any of your leagues. Maybe I will, just to prove you wrong. Go ahead. Lose your week. I Watch think you have a good week, then. I, I don't think Darius Slayton is anything right now. I think he could be a good dynasty stash. I don't think at the moment he's worth much if if sterling shepherd is out i might plug him in just to just to shut you up god you're gonna be wrong on all your predictions this week and i'm just gonna tell all the listeners wrong about jalen samuels wrong about darius clayton and i feel like there was another one you said too i'm just wrong about everything um we're gonna keep tabs on these um all right uh those are our games the last thing we're gonna finish out with um we're not going to get too much over an hour is our DFS picks for this week. Eric, uh, real quick in like uh, 60 to 120 seconds, give me some uh, good values or players you're spending on this week. Yeah, so I like uh, Zach Pascal. Uh, with T.Y. out, he's going to step up as uh, hopefully the number one receiver. 
Uh, I think against the the Steelers, um, that they may pass a little bit. Their their run defense has been okay. Um, and and uh, Brissett's been an efficient quarterback. He's thrown double digit touchdowns in I think all but two games. So you hopefully uh, one of those goes to him. Uh, I would say in terms of a good value quarterback, uh, Matt Moore, uh, I think had a decent game last week. Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, he's not, he's obviously no Mahomes, but if you're looking to go heavier on the skill positions outside of QB, that he could be uh, a low value one. Is that your list? Uh, I'm going to let you do a couple and then I'm going to look for one more. Okay. Um, I'm not as prepared. Well, luckily for the listeners, I'm very heavy into my DFS. Um, so the ones I like this week, QB, my favorite is Stafford. I think Stafford is a rock star this week. Oakland's the 32nd ranked pass defense. I think he's going to just eat. Um, if you're looking for some lower value options, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, both I think will have very efficient games against poor defenses. Um, I would like to spend up on running back this week. So getting those lower guys, you can get guys like Christian McCaffrey, who is $10,000. But I think every week he's worth the play. Um, You have to get him. Dalvin Cook is 9,500 against the Chiefs run defense, which is awful. And if you're looking for maybe a little bit better value, Josh Jacobs against the Lions run defense, which is 31st, uh, I think is a great option at 6,500. If you're looking for really, really cheap, Mark Walton against the Jets and Tariq Cohen, as we mentioned earlier, could be a good play because of PPR. Um, pass catchers, I like any of the Lions' pass catchers against these this worst pass defense. The one thing I would say to watch out for is that usually it's one receiver and not all of them that get it. So if you pick the right one, you're going to probably strike gold. Um, I like the uh, I like Chris Godwin. Uh, again, he's going to be a little expensive. Any of the Seattle wide receivers. And then on my cheaper plays I like are Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry in the four to 500 range. Um, tight end, Darren Waller, if you're going to spend up. If you're looking for cheaper options, Zach Ertz and Jonu Smith both um, could get a touchdown and a lot of catches. And defense, I would look at the Tampa Bay, or I'm sorry, the Seattle defense against the turnover, Jameis Winston. And my favorite play is Buffalo Billsby uh, against Dwayne Haskins, who's thrown multiple uh, interceptions in every start this season at Buffalo. Um, I, I just think it's it's one of those three interceptions, defensive touchdown type games. Um, so I would overpay for them if you can get them. Okay, well, I did a little more looking. So Jalen Samuels is a value play. He's 4000 this week, uh, cheaper than a lot of options. This is this is a dart throw, but I'm gonna go uh, Dara Ogumbawale for the Bucks. Uh, the over under is at 53, so I think Vegas expects it to be a high scoring game. I could honestly see see Seattle uh, having a big lead at first, and then and them just being in catch up mode. And a couple weeks ago, when they were playing the Panthers in London, and they were down big, uh, it was Ogumbawale and do, just doing a lot of dump offs. Uh, the opposing defense not giving up anything over the top, so especially since DFS is PPR, uh, I would just keep my eye on him because I think he gets uh, some garbage time points that could accumulate to something. All right. Well, you're welcome if you want to use those. 
don't get mad at us if they don't work out. These are just our opinions. Again, we're just amateur players. Um, but we do believe that we offer some good insight potentially, hopefully win you some money, win you your leagues. Um, thanks for listening on this spooky edition of the First Down Fantasy Podcast. Um, let's your, uh, hopefully the rest of your weekend goes well. Um, and if you have any questions, we didn't get to any this week, please send them in. Um, send them in to, uh, over Twitter to any of our handles. Send them over to our email. Um, and we will uh, touch on those in the future. Eric, anything to say before we go? Do yourself a favor and don't watch the Jets-Dolphins game this weekend. The Jets-Dolphins game, a trash game for sure. Uh, maybe fan- a lot of fantasy points scored. Um, all right, well, that is this week's edition. Thanks for listening. Thanks, And uh, if you have any suggestions for segments you'd like to hear or anything, please send them any of our ways. We'll try to improve each week for you. We're trying to upgrade. We're adding sounds for our family food game. Uh, We're trying to shorten some segments to get to more other topics. So just let us know. All right. Um, For David Mendelson, I'm at DMendio2 on Twitter. David underscore Mendelson on Instagram. Uh, This is Eric. He's at EMND on Twitter and at Eric underscore Mendelson on Instagram. Um, Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, followers.